We're in that section of James, uh, what is kind of the thesis for, for all of James, and what is before uh, this passage points to this spot, what is after this passage points back to this spot. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Sam talked about, in James 1, about being doers and not just hearers of the word. Well, now James drills down on that in this part of chapter 2. Now, I want to just say this out front. Let's get this out of the way and make sure that you know this. You can do nothing to earn your salvation. Zero. It has already been done. All right? It's by grace, the grace of God and faith, that we, we have our salvation. Also, let me tell you, you do nothing to keep your salvation. Lord, if I don't do enough work, I'm going to lose my salvation. Let that thought Leave your mind and never come back. It is about the grace of God. God's salvation is not that weak. I could never do enough work to earn it. I could never do enough work to keep it. It's about the grace of God. If it has anything to do with work, MacArthur says, if that has anything to do with salvation, it would no longer be grace. So I'm saved by grace. And by the grace of God, I'm living in the grace of God, if you can understand what I'm saying, all right? Uh, that's where, how we live this Christian life. There's this faith and works thing that are connected, though. Uh, some say, you know, Paul talks all about, about faith and the grace stuff, and, and James, he talks all about works, and, and what's the deal there? Well, they, they really work together. You can't have one without the other, and James is going to spell that out. Uh, this the scripture that we're looking at today. First of all, a faith and works connection, you can find that in Ephesians, and Paul wrote that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10 says this. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we, he goes on, doesn't stop there, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God didn't just take us to heaven when we were saved. We could start our eternal life then in heaven. Uh, but he leaves us here for a purpose. So we've got faith for salvation, and we're new creations in Christ to do good works. All right? God has designed us for those things. And if my faith is real... I'm going to be doing works that God has prepared me for and, does, and set them up ahead of time. He's designed me to do certain works. By the way, he's designed you differently than he's designed me. And so yours will look different than mine, no less important than mine, however. If my faith is right, I'll be doing the works that God has prepared for me and designed me to do. To put it more simply, like this, Faith is the root of salvation. Works are the fruit of salvation. So let's look at James 14 to, uh, chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, which was your scripture reading a few minutes ago. What is real faith is the question. First of all, real faith is more than words. Chapter uh, 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds. Can such faith save him? That is a hard question from James, and he leaves it hanging out there. They'll answer no, okay? 
If your faith makes no difference in your life, it's not very good faith. In fact, James will say that it's dead faith. Can faith, such faith save him? Real faith has results. It's not just words. We're really good at that word thing. Salvation is life-changing. When God moves into your life, he changes it. He recreates it. Makes you different than you were before. It includes God creating you for good works. The question is, can your faith be genuine if it does not result in good works? If your heart is really impacted, it will result in action by the rest of yourself. If you came to be a follower of Jesus Christ and no one else, no one can see any difference in your life than before Christ, as someone has said, maybe you need another dip. Okay? Uh, do you really know Jesus? Is the question James is asking here. Real faith brings results. Otherwise, it's just an empty profession. It's just words, and there's no evidence of you knowing Christ as Savior and Lord. Real faith is more than words. Also, real faith is more than feeling. Sometimes, I speak for myself, I just don't, I don't feel saved. It's not a feeling, it's a fact, okay? Start with, okay? It's a fact that I know Jesus as my Savior. And James says there will be some evidence. Suppose, this is verses 15 and 16, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you will, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? I really don't want to be useless, honestly. Anybody here don't mind being useless? Okay, I want to be useful, and I want to be useful to the people that I come in contact with, the people around me that I'm associated with on a daily basis. We're very good at verbalizing. I feel for you. Big deal. I wish you well. Good luck. Um, they, people are no better off than if they had never met you. can feel sorry all you want. That's okay, but I'm going to prompt you to do something else. If you're a follower of Christ, it will cost you something. Real faith is more than feeling. John says it this way. He said, well, faith is generous. John says this. 1 John 3, 17. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need and has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Pastor Sam, a couple weeks ago, he referred to John where he says, if you say you love God and don't love his people, you are a liar. Okay, so James is asking hard questions. John's asked, said some hard things that are all scripture. Real faith is more than words. Real faith is more than feeling. And real faith is visible. By the way, James says in verse 17, 
In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. More than feelings. Real faith is also visible, James 2.18. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. Someone said, faith is like calories. You can't see them, but you can see the results. It's true. Well, we have those with this, ah, uh, they will ex explain it, describe it like as a, a quiet faith, an invisible faith, a private faith. I keep my faith to myself. I don't wear my religion on my sleeve. James says it's dead faith because it has no activity. Jesus taught the opposite, quite the opposite. And he said this in Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Good deeds to be seen, so God receives praise. Anyone praising God for your deeds, for your works? Should be. Real faith is not private, but real faith is on display. We need to light the world up. Show off Jesus. Now you think, wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the light of the world. He is. But he said, you are the light of the world. And what he's talking about is, he, he says, when we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit moves in, and we're flowing out with rivers of living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he says, we are to be showing him off. We are now the light of the world because the light now lives within us. We don't need to be private Christians. You see, when you, when you became a Christian, you gave up the privacy that you love so much, all right? God didn't call us to be private. He called us to go on the hill with the eyes of light and people to see it. And thereby, seeing it, praise his name. We need to be intentionally visible, on purpose, for God. That is real faith. Do you think about that on a regular basis? How are people seeing God in my life? Or are people seeing God in my life at all? If you have a job, you work it every day, I hope, and you're a Christian, I hope that people know that you are a Christian. If you've been there a while and they don't know, something's wrong. If you go to school and the other students don't know you're a Christian, those ones you hang out with, 
one you see on a daily basis, they don't know you're a believer, something's wrong. You're not visible enough. Your faith is not what it ought to be. Does your neighbor, where you live, know that you're a follower of Christ? How do they know? Fourthly, real faith is not just something you believe. Verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. We believe a lot of things, don't we? Believe the sun's going to come up in the morning and go down in the evening. Moon's going to come up in the evening. Dawn by morning, all kind of little things we believe. A lot of things are true, that we believe them. A lot of things we believe will let us down, simply because they're not God. And so we say, I believe in God. That's good. In so much as you say it, you may be just saying, I believe there is a God. You've not yet said, I know God. The Bible says, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. It's good you believe in God. Believe in Jesus? I, think, I believe Jesus. He's a great man, whatever. I believe in Jesus. So do the demons. So says James. I really don't care if I have anything in common with demons. <laughs> they believe in God. Certainly they do. Jesus cast a bunch of them out. But real faith is not an intellectual belief. It's from the heart. We have a lot of religious intellectuals. They know the facts, but they lack the life that matches the facts. I have to admit that there are a lot of people that know a whole lot more intellectually about the word and about the Greek and about the Hebrew, about all that stuff, and they can tell you, tell you all about it, but they don't know personally. They don't believe personally that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that takes away the sin of the world. Religious intellectuals. They've got the basic theology down. Maybe you do. But it hasn't made its way to the heart and to the hands and the feet and the rest of your life. That's real faith. It affects everything. Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, Jesus says this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So we can believe in Jesus, we can call him by the right name, even Lord, but not follow him. Now that is an oxymoron if there ever was one. If you call Jesus Lord and don't do what he says, you can't call him Lord. There's no action based on what your words are, it just doesn't work. You can say you believe, but it's not just something you believe. 
Real faith is something you do. James uses two extremes to illustrate what he's saying. Abraham and Rahab, who were examples of real faith, and both listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as what we call the heroes of the faith. Totally different. Abraham, father of a nation. He said, God told him, through you, every nation will be blessed. Rahab, she's in Jericho, a prostitute. She believed in the God of Israel who was coming to wipe them out. And she hid the spies, helped them get away because she believed in that God. She took some action, okay, and every Christian finds his or herself somewhere between the two. Let's talk about Abraham first, James chapter 2, verses 20 to 24. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Do you see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did? And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. Then the Hebrews portion that talks about Abraham, Hebrews eleven seventeen, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice he who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Abraham's faith had results, had evidence. He would do what God asked him to do. Now before we go on, I'm going to talk about a little bit about Rahab in a minute. I want you to take that verse 24, um, if you've got your Bible open there, um, what James says, it causes a little bit of trouble in your mind, maybe. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. I started out by telling you that salvation is by faith alone. You can't work for it. So what is, what is James saying here? Well, he's saying this. Um, the word justified there really means declared or made righteous. And so we're told primarily by Paul, and James agrees with that too, but he says, we are pronounced righteous in the sight of God. Justified. James is saying we are proved righteous in the sight of others. Pronounced righteous in the sight of God. Proved righteous in the sight of others. So they can see that we are justified. We are right with God by the way we live. And so it was with, with Abraham. He had already been, uh, God already told him he was justified earlier uh, in Scripture, but here, when he, when he offered his son, he said it again because of your faith has shown itself. So we're justified by faith, by grace, through faith, resulting in works. All tied together there. Now Rahab, by the way, let me just say this to you. Um, back up 
verse 21 about Abraham. Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did? I want to tell you what. Rahab, because of her faith, also became an ancestor of those James was writing to. She is listed because of her faith in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 1. Because she had faith. And so he could have well, as well said, hey, consider Rahab our ancestor also because of her faith. She wasn't an Abraham, but she had faith in God. And you are a child of God because of your faith in God. Verse 25, James chapter 2. In the same way was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. Hebrews 11.31, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Faith demonstrated by action in both cases. Real faith is evident in what you do. So, the question is, <coughs> excuse me, if real faith is evident in what I do, what am I supposed to do? Pretty good question. What am I supposed to do? Let me, let me, let me drill down on this for you. I hope I can simplify this for you and help you out. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So what is this? Okay, what do I do? You do the work of the Lord. That helps, right? What is, what is that? What am I supposed to be doing? Do I need to go down to the church more often and do some work? Well, yeah, that would help. That's really nice because God says in Philippians 4 that we are at our very best as a church when all of us do our part. That's a good idea. However, there's so much more than that. Colossians 3.17 and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. There are 168 hours in a week. So we spend a couple hours at church on Sunday. I want to tell you that this building is not the church. It's a building where the church meets. And so when you say, I'm going to go to church, hope you're thinking about, I'm going to go and meet with God's people. I'm the church and I'm going to the church building, meet with God's people. And the church is going to meet together. We spend a couple hours at church on Sunday. There's 166 hours left the rest of the week. You see, the vast majority of all the work the church does is not done at the church. It's done wherever you are, whenever you are there, if you're a follower of Christ, because you are the church. And wherever you are, you ought to be doing church work. 
Now, you're not breaking down, okay, co-workers, sit down, we have a Bible study kind of thing. No, but, but whatever you do, you're doing it as unto the Lord. And that becomes God's work. And whatever you're doing, by the way, gets you in contact with people who have needs. And works meet needs for the glory of God. I don't know what your schedule is for the rest of the day. But you should do everything as unto the Lord. I'm going to have some lunch. Well, I'd like to eat more for the glory of God, I'm telling you. But, but whatever you do, and whoever you come in contact with, you're having that conversation as well as unto the Lord. What's the purpose of these works, these deeds? Well, it's not for salvation. You've already got that. I hope you do. It's not to prove your faith is real. Okay, now I got, oh, Pastor Tim, James, I got to go out there and prove my faith is real. If, in fact, your faith is real, you're doing that already. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The purpose of works is the glory of God. The purpose of whatever you do, wherever you are, however you do it, as a follower of Christ, is the glory of God. <clears throat> so I, I, unlike you, I, I need some motivation. Read this stuff. Just do. Are you motivated? Do something good all the time. What's the motivation? The works. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, listen, begins this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Romans, to this point, is talking about the depravity of man and the mercy and grace of God. So Paul says, therefore, in view of God's mercy, give yourself to God as a living sacrifice. That's motivation enough, I, I would think. Are you motivated that, that the God himself, Jesus Christ, gave his life for you? And he knows your name. So I know that he died for Tim. And you know that he died for whatever your name is. Okay? In fact, say your name. Jesus died for? Okay, he did. That's true. You, you just said a truth. He did. Is that motivation enough? It ought to be for you to print your, present your life to him and do everything as unto the Lord. The motivation for works is God's mercy. And he says, as an act of worship, worship is returning love to God, simply put. 
And so as we're singing here this morning, and we're singing from our hearts, we are returning love to God and honor to God and glory. We're loving him back because he loves us so much. Jesus' greatest command was love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. With all you are and all you do. And James concludes this section, verse 26, in chapter 2. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. What do we do with that? Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. That's a personal thing, which every one of us has to do ourselves. Is my faith real? If I come to the conclusion that it's really not as real as it could be or just not real, what do I do? First of all, do not start working to prove you're a Christian. Do not start, do- start doing deeds and works to prove you're a Christian. Here's what you do. Simple. Ask God to change your heart and fall in love with Jesus. That's it. Ask God to change your heart and fall in love with Jesus. That's where you begin. We need this relationship with God so that our relationship with God flows from within us to others. And then, in fact, we are the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your incredible love for us. I pray that we would be motivated, we would be excited about serving you, we would be excited about representing you in whatever we say and do, wherever it happens to be. Lord, you've laid out this life for us, you've redesigned us to do good works for you. I pray that they'll be seen and you'll receive honor and glory for them. For no other reason but to bring you glory. Change our hearts where they need change. May we, in fact, enjoy serving you in whatever it is that we do. In Jesus' name.